Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Classic Quest podcast. This is the show where we go through the classic hip hop albums and we discuss them track by track, giving our thoughts and opinions on every single song, whatever strikes out to us, however long it takes us. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And today, we shall be going through a very beautiful album by one of the greatest by a man whose government name is Earl but is better known as DMX (coughs) we're talking about (laughs) dot 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 and then there was X that's Um, right so we're gonna do the little intro bit if you are not interested in that part you can feel free to check the description of the video jump ahead to the songs you care about and watch the review as you want but if you're down for the adventure, we're going to start off by letting you know we are not the biggest professionals in the world. We had some folk who started reviewing albums one day, and a couple years has gone by, and we're still reviewing albums. And we, we sound are. a little smarter than we did when we started. And we care a lot about the art of the album, because yep. albums are an interesting thing. It's more than just the individual songs. just the, the package sequence, deal. How you feel when you get to track 15, all sorts of shit. And in this world of like singles and streaming, it's like, does the album even matter? I'd say absolutely, especially because streaming makes albums way easier to listen to in a way, in my opinion, that yeah. you can easily just hit play and like run through an album. The album can now be 30. For free. And you can you know, do practically. it. practically. Like the album can be like 37 songs now. <clears throat> or it, it can, can be, be like four. And that makes it really interesting because all the rules that came with the CD and all of that shit are just gone. Anyway, uh, we care a lot about your feedback. So if along the way we say some stuff and whatever because, you know, you feel like you, you we just said something silly or you just want to join the review and give us your feedback one of my favorite things is just reading what other people's favorite songs are because sometimes we agree sometimes we don't sometimes somebody's like these four songs are my absolute favorite and they're like the exact same four i i think are my absolute favorite and then i like that person more like i instantly (laughs) think like i wish i could just like hang out with dude and we, we could just chit chat anyway on that note, because we care a lot about the comments and it really means something to us, we do something yep. that I like to call our favorite comment on last week's video. And last week we talked about another de- like legendy type. His name is Jay Z, mm-hmm. and it was uh, and in my lifetime volume one. Yeah. On that, we got a great comment from Don Willie. And my favorite part of this comment is absolutely the start of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bonnie, you're killing me, because sometimes Bonnie. She says some stuff, and your response is, Bonnie, you're killing me. If you stick around on the review, you may just get a couple of those moments today. Um, I love this album. I'm totally biased, though. I'm 35 from New York, so I guess you see why. <clears throat> I love that because your age, as we're going to touch on in a bit, creates this like relative context. So if you're 35, you understood what the fuck DMX was talking about when this album came out. If you're like me and you're 31... When this album came out, or sorry, Jay-Z, if you're th- you, same shit, any of these things. Either way, your age matters, <laughs> and it's cool. He's a few years older than me, about four, and I think that's cool because he would have understood stuff and this stuff way quicker than I would have just because I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> I respect her opinion on this one, though, and that's cool because from a Montreal person who is uh, of an age, she uh, has a good opinion. I don't know where I'm going with that. I realize maybe, <laughs> you know, like you're not supposed to talk about a lady's age, and so I stop myself before I say something stupid halfway through. There wow. we go. Just, you know, learning from mistakes on the fly with everybody. This is the type of show this is. I like to give you that right at the beginning now so you can decide if you want to stick around. The album wasn't for everyone. 
that's a fair point, but it's a great Jay-Z album. I think the Blueprint and the Black Album will be more her liking. We'll get there. A few more to go, but I agree. The Black Album's a great album to listen to right after this one. That one has some hits we both probably know. Anyway, rolling along, uh, it's a great comment, and I think it's really cool. But my favorite part is at the end when it goes, great job to both of you. That's amazing, but not my favorite part. Yep. My favorite part is the two-part format is better for me personally as the viewer, but that's just my opinion. So I ask you, audience, one long-ass review, because it could be a couple hours, whatever, or should we keep splitting it up like we've been doing over the last couple of weeks? Like, do you, If you see an hour 20, is that like less daunting than two-hour 20? You know, I'm just for us, yeah. we want to... It's not that much extra effort on our end to actually split it into two parts. It's mostly like an extra five minutes of talking total. And then the rest is the same. Like it really isn't a big deal. So if you guys prefer it like that, let us know in the comments. We will make it a little bit better for you guys. Anyway. So on that note, before we jump into the review today, I did want to give a special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Jonathan Barnes. And I'd like to bring it up at the beginning while you're still watching because mm -hmm. everyone else plugs their patrons at the end, except for a couple of dope motherfuckers who put them at the beginning. On that note, Bonnie, why don't you tell us what album we'll be reviewing today? Well, one more time for everybody. Um, we are doing this week, and then there was X. Dot, but... dot, dot by DMX and this came out December 21st 1999 so again great timing for Christmas I'm sure a lot of people got this as uh, you know a CD that they got for Christmas um, and uh, yeah I mean it's you know DMX so you know it's gonna be epic yes so this is the part of the show before we get into it where we contextualize how familiar we are with the artist which I think is super important so if you are a 35-year-old who grew up in New York, when this dropped, mm -hmm. maybe you'd be like 14, 15, teenager in New York when X drops this album. That's going to be super substantially different than, say, me. I was 12, maybe. And uh, I'm a white boy from Montreal. And I remember a certain single off this album named Party Up being some shit that I was super interested yeah. in because the beat was amazing. And it was like one of the first rap songs you'd ever heard because I think it got radio play. And like the dance things on the overnight. And somewhere around that period of my life, I had to deliver newspapers with my dad for about a year in the middle of the night. Why? It just happened. So I'd be like up and we'd be listening to um, a local station that used to be called Mix 96. And they would like live stream from clubs in the middle of the night. Yeah. So good. They still do that, I think. Do I still, did I get a lot of party up in my life? And it was one of my favorite songs back then <laughs> right from the jump. But also in this album in particular, and it's special to me, is that this may be the first rap album I ever heard in full. I was like really young. And my dad had this stash of rap CDs I brought up a few times because I believe I brought it up on the Jay-Z one because both the Jay-Z album that we had there and this one were also in, like, this stash of CDs. And I'm like, no fucking way. And um, anyway, so I played this shit. I remember sitting there in my, my high school. I'm in secondary one, which is grade seven for us because mm -hmm. we're in freaking Quebec and school's different here. And uh, playing this album... And I loved it. It made me it made me fall in love with rap music more than say an Eminem because I think I heard this album in full before an Eminem. So right away, for me, DMX and Eminem might be like the first two rappers I ever really fell and really got into. Plus, not long after this, X Go and Give It To You is gonna come out, and that shit just takes over the storm. So. <clears throat> 
but it was just I heard every song on this project back when I was young, and I don't think I'd ever been introduced to some of the concepts that were introduced by DMX. And as we'll come to see, DMX is a very clear, he's very easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're a 12 year old who's pretty ignorant to many of the things. Well, I don't know how educated he is, so I feel like he's got like. Oh, he's got a some very, street smarts. Like a very like, you know, in terms of education, like formal education, he's got very like basic stuff, I think. So um, he doesn't necessarily use like elaborate words or anything like that. But um, but he definitely is street smart. And so he and he like puts it together amazingly. And he's, what, what he's I'm great. trying to say, though, is you understand him because he uses some basic ass concepts to describe what he's, he's like the opposite of the guys who at least from like on this album from my understanding as a kid so unlike some of the more obscure people dmx painted some interesting pictures and at this time my dad is introducing me to action movies and showing me all that shit when mom's not around and i'm certain a lot of y'all went through that when mom's not around you're watching movies a little bit too old for you and dad because he's trying to be cool if i mean for those with that in the well, picture i understand that for everyone that might not have been i had older sisters so sometimes i was allowed to, i like snuck downstairs and like watch stuff with them if they were in like a mood that they liked me yeah <laughs> yeah no disrespect to Brit. i don't know for anyone out there who doesn't have a dad well yeah i don't know what to say just i'm aware that not everyone did have that experience and in this day and age you never know what might piss off a motherfucker so at least showing you're aware of your clunkiness is smarter than being ignorant to it okay um moving on from that how do you so either way from that point on dmx is like one of my favorite rappers for like ever evers and i really like him and i think dmx is the shit and um i can say that i've listened to a lot of his newer albums but uh prior to this project like the first two i had only really listened to when we reviewed them because this is our third uh, dmx album review but i haven't really listened to this album or really gone through the lyrics per se as an adult in a really really long time so i was most excited for this one and yeah i don't have a lot more to say what about you how do you feel about this album um well i've never listened to like the album in full before um definitely party up has been like on my radar i feel like it was like impossible to like avoid um for me like i feel like i got really into it and in, when i was like like in my early 20s or so um and like that's when i guess maybe i got more exposed to it or something or, and I, I just loved it and thought it was great and just listened to it all the time um yeah and that's pretty much it i don't necessarily know or i didn't necessarily know too many of the other songs um on this album before i went into it so oh yeah, i bought his it. greatest hits album so basically everything on his greatest hits album i had probably listened to enough to a point where I memorize. I don't remember what's on it now, but I went through a phase where... You would if you heard it. Well, no, like, so, I mean, I wasn't allowed to listen to music with swearing on it when I was a teenager. And when I turned 18 and, you know, my life allowed me to start buying cussing music, um, it was still the CD era. Mm -hmm. And I had this uh, don't steal music rule in place at that point in my life. So I had to buy all this shit. And if you don't know um, a lot about an artist greatest hits albums serve that great role of like giving you like kind of their best of at one moment at least all their hits yeah so i bought a whole lot of greatest hits i remember buying hits <laughs> and really digging it i don't know dmx is just the shit i like i even like the stuff that came like way later on even like the b-sides on that album that came out that he never approved the release of 
I still like him. I don't care what he does. He has so many fucking hidden verses He's all great. over history that are great. And I know I've said it before, but I think that he is like um maybe not always like counted in like the top of you know like the top greatest rappers of all time but i really think that he is like he just has like an aura and like his voice is so like like distinct and like gravelly and he can play with it a little bit and like i don't know i just love his sound and i think it's really cool and he's so forceful like he's like violent in like his voice almost like things seem to be going well for him right now he's he's doing some acting which is really good i was really happy to see he's out of jail and i really hope we get to one day talk about a new tmx album but mostly i'm really happy to see he's out and he's doing okay because man i can't say there's a lot of people that we reviewed whose careers i've really followed for the last decade of my life but i've honestly I probably check on DMX news at least once every month or two, ju- just in case there's anything out there that's interesting by him. Like, I want to know when his album's coming. I want to know what's up with him, because he's, I don't know, a huge inspiration to me in a lot of ways. His music is something I listened to when I was really in the teenage years. And, like, he was, like, the realest motherfucker I could say I listened to at that point in my life. Not that I got a whole lot of his music in then, then, but... I did memorize a few of his songs as a teenager, and, and it was really a powerful thing. So anyway, I was dribbling on now. I love the title, dot, 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 and then there was X. It's worth noting that this is his third subsequent release in a three-year span, I believe, where the album releases at number one, which is incredible. It's part of one of the greatest runs of like music ever. Uh, and then he comes out with this guy and he's just so profound that cover it's got like the x looks like scripture that's been burned up on the rock like it's too hot he's just so hot that the paper burns because of his words and shit and then there was x yeah like it's profound like god has allowed him to come out and drop the profoundness of what is going to be on this album yeah it's truly wonderful i don't know i like the cover because it's cool like that's the best way to describe it it's really cool <laughs> and profound but also really simple and it managed to age really well and still feels like it works in a digital era like it almost works when it's in that two centimeter thing uh box of the little spotify thumbnails and i gotta give yeah. him credit for having such an agelessness to the cover and the title's just fresh i mean it's just like powerful it's like i am you know like it's just strong as fuck Anyway, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I think like, I mean, it's I think it's probably like a, uh, you know, taken out of the Bible, um, and you know, it's kind of burnt, which is like pretty symbolic. Like you shouldn't be like manipulating or like burning the Bible. I don't think. I think that's probably like pretty bad in God's eyes. Um, but like he's making it to be more like about himself, and like this is um sort of like a very like spiritual album you know when we kind of go into some of it um so it's interesting that he's using that and it looks like it's against like maybe like a church wall or whatever so um yep that's pretty much it um it looks good it looks um like it's you know like burnt a little bit you know which could be from like hell a little bit you know from like the devil and from like the heat there um so it's sort of like trying to find like that balance and sort of like him feeling like he's in limbo essentially um between uh, heaven and hell and he's trying to like deal with like the good and the bad that's inside of him 
Well, there you go. All right. So there are 18 songs. That means we're probably going to split this into two parts. So we're going to start off with the kennel skit. Ah, DMX. So dogs. I really like dogs. I'm not really a fan of fighting dogs personally. I don't know if it's still cool in the culture to have fighting dogs. I don't think so. I feel like everybody's kind of, like, stopped. Well, mate, I mean, mate, I mean, I'm just saying that. I don't really like, think so. Even but... the idea of training a dog to sick on a person for any reason, I don't know. Call me whatever. I don't like it. But it's like, but like that's what the police <clears throat> do, I think. Which is fucked up. Yeah. Listen, I'm okay with people having dogs because I like dogs. They're the greatest animal, in my opinion. Except for cats. Except for dragons. Um, I'm not kidding. If dragons were real, they'd be my favorite. But, like, look, and I understand that maybe in certain environments, having a dog that's able to fight might be an advantageous thing. But I don't know. I watched one of his music videos today, and there's some fighting dogs in it. So I put this, like, taste where I just kind of wanted to bring it up with y'all and ask about. Well, I don't think it was cool in the 90s because I'm sure, pretty sure, like, PETA, like, existed then. And... PETA's not effective today. No, but, like, they would have brought it up. They would have... They, anyways, and, like, there's been, like, I don't know. I think there's been, like, a lot of talk. Like, I remember there being, like, issues in, like, what was it? In, like, the in, like Mexico or something where there were, like, in Cuba where there was, like, cockfights and stuff like that, like, happening all the time. And, like, how they were trying to shut that down. And then, like, how there's, you know, all the, these dog fights between... Um, Anyways, I you know these dogs and like I I was like I, I witnessed a, like, I think somebody that was like training a dog to be like in a dog fight and it was horrendous um, and like, I called the police um, like what he was doing was awful and um, yeah and so like so like yeah that kind of stuff is I I don't think that that's right and I'm not trying to judge him right because. There probably is an entire cultural side to this that is just not something we grew up in nice, fluffy Canada. And I say it because, like, relatively speaking, I just don't remember there being a lot of people sicking dogs on people in the news and shit here. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or even just, I don't remember fighting. I don't remember anybody really being It's very much like an underground culture. But at the same time, I also remember when walking around with a bunch of pit bulls and shit made you cool, and you know DMX definitely followed. It still makes you look cool. It looks like they're like tough fucking dogs and shit. But now I know a lot about them, and now they're not like scary because they're cute. And like you know, all of these like white girls have them, so it's fine. It's funny how time and history. It was. um, I think it was Michael Che that said there's a he does like a stand up bit about that and how like he made like Brooklyn like white girls made Brooklyn not scary anymore and like you know makes you. Know, have has has like a, you know, have like a, a million like pit bulls and stuff like that, and like they're just like so cute and dresses them up or whatever. It, you should check it out. I'm doing a terrible job of reiterating it, but yeah. But yeah. So, all that to this side. When it comes down to it, though, I remember like hearing this and Rough Riders, ride or die, get down, I lay down, motherfucker, get him, boy, get him, boy, and you just hear the dog growling. And then it's not a fucking game. And then it just, that's, it got me hyped up. It gets me hyped up every single time. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of the dog. Like, if you're using the dogs in self-defense because there's this big loyal bond between you and the master and, like, okay, I'm okay with that. I don't know. I'm not trying to be a hater or whatever about that side of shit. 
Well, I think that, like, naturally, if a dog is loyal to the owner and it is, like, I mean, little dogs, like, aside, um, like, if, like, a dog that can do, like, serious damage to you, I think that... I think that it will protect its owner and it will attack whether or not it's been trained to or not. Oh, that's cool. And another way to look at it is it's like his people, his squad, his dogs, his whatever. So it's all like cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk about it. And here, I wanted to see what kind of comments came from bringing that up here from our little perspective of it. Either way, I liked it. It's very short, but it does its job to get me hyped up for this project ready to go and excited and you know what i mean it's dmx the growling the dog of the band of who he is and shit it, for in his case it really like fits into this image and i guess for your third album like this is like the big return you know you've, you've made a whole bunch off of your first two you're really blowing up not a famous here it's exactly what you want like a return it almost feels like the other two but like <clears throat> back and that's a really good way for him to come in with his version of I'm back. Yep. Do you have anything more? Did you give it a grade? Uh, no. Um, so, like, I like the, the first bit. I like the very, like, intro to the song because it's sort of, like, ASMR-like, and I always enjoy that kind of stuff. And, like, he was cool even before it was a thing, so there's that. Um, classic goat move. Um, and, and then, you know, like you said, there's just a bunch of, like, dogs barking, and, like, DMX is saying, like, to get him, boy, and then slowly, and he's kind of saying it, like, over and over and over again, but, like, at first he says it, like, slowly and calmly, like, get him, boy, get him, boy, and then he gets, like, really much more, like, aggressive, and he's like, get him, boy, (laughs) like, he gets, like, you know, like, it's an, an, an attack, essentially, um, and like you said, he, he makes it clear that it is not a game. Um, and it's good. It's quick. It's only 36 seconds. Um, I gave it a 4.4 on 5. And then after we talk about the scape, we must naturally move into the philosophical conversation of how there's only one more road to cross. Naturally. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, bop, bop, beep, beep, bop, boop, boop. If you've been watching me on this channel creepy you know that when <laughs> i hear swizz beats and dmx together <clears throat> it might be the greatest team up that can be out there it's one of the most fabulous things and just hearing the beat and then everything come mm-hmm. in this is life this is what i know so to me this is life it's so basic, but it's so deeply philosophical at the exact same time, right? Because yep. a lot of rappers will use a lot of words and say less than what DMX just said there. This is life. What I'm about to present to you on this album is solely what I perceive life to be as. This is what I know. I'm not going to talk and about Not everybody has the same life. And so he's telling us about his. And so to me, this is life. Brilliant. Philosophically. And I'm not saying this sarcastically. I'm saying this is how you tell the real from the fake. He's saying something here and he's breaking down some real shit. And sometimes you can use some really basic language to express ideas. And the way he expresses it, you can hear the absolute conviction of his voice. And we're on the intro. Then we get that beautiful chorus where everybody wants to sing along when you hear it. One more road to cross. One more race to take. Gotta live my life like there's one more move to make. And it's fun, and it makes me want to sing along every time I hear it. 
I could talk for a while, and I will. You so usually Bonnie, do. Bonnie, why don't you tell us how you feel about this track? <laughs> um, well, the same sort of thing. Like, this is his life. Just kind of deal with it. Like, whatever. Um, and, like, oh, my God. His voice is just amazing. Like, you just hear it, and you know it's him. And it, it just, like, is incredible. Like, the kind of, like, depth that he can get into and, like, the graveliness to it. It's so distinct. Um... The first, like the verse, um, the first verse is about like a guy that he has to kill because he like messed with like his money and like his drugs or whatever. Um, and then he talks about that he basically lives life on the edge. And then the second verse is about him being involved in uh, the robbery of a liquor store and how he didn't get any money, but at least he got away from the cops. Um, and then the third verse is um, he's just trying to cleanse himself and get better. Um, and then, but the minister, like, has such a, like, a terrible feeling about him and did such a, such a bad, like, aura or presence or whatever or spirit about him, um, that he refuses to, like, baptize him. So I think that's kind of interesting that he's, like, so, like, bad that, like, he, he can't even, like, be blessed by God, um, almost. So it's, um, and he's got, like, lots of shit that he's been through and, you know, just kind of his story again. Um, so it's a pretty solid song. It's about um, his struggles and life and, like, this is him. And, like, he takes it in strides. Like, one, you know, everything is, like, one more cross to bear. Like, just another thing that he has to deal with. Um, and so that's kind of what it, where, he, where we're at. And um, it's pretty, like, relevant because, I mean, these are all kind of themes that we're going to see, like, over and over and over again throughout this album. So I give this a 4.5 on 5. I mean, right off the jump, we're blessed with the brilliant storytelling ability of DMX. I mean, it's not, like... It's it's he does he manages to to paint a picture so vividly that you're there. He's like I'm up at like six a.m. to check this. He work at the night shift and I got to check the figures. So we know he's up in the morning, like he's up early. This is some very serious shit, right? Yeah. And the guy's working a night shift, so the point is he's trying to clock him as he's getting off because there's some money that needs to be brought into the situation. But the way he delivers it, it's more like I'm up at like six a.m. to check this. He worked a night shift and I got to check him. So he has this like erratic flow where it's almost conversational in a sense. Like he understands, like the way an actor or somebody like a voice actor will pause things so deliberately or a play, like when you're watching people live on a play, mm-hmm. I feel like DMX taps into that, into his storytelling. So it feels almost like the pauses are as in the natural conversational flow of any other dramatic person who's just a good storyteller coming in. And he does it exceptionally, except that he's doing it as fast as I can talk, which is fucking incredible. And he just manages to make all of his rhymes punch up properly and flow and the more I understand flow and structure of, a, of, of like the lyrics, it's the more impressive I find some shit like that. In the same way, actually, I believe Jay-Z was kind of, I was saying a similar thing. Like, I don't think their flows are the same, but I think they both understand how to do that, how to make the main rhyming parts flow up properly to keep the flow and then do whatever the fuck they want with the rest of the verse to hmm. just suit their purposes. And that's a mastery of flow that not many people, I think, are that good at. Most people kind of don't have that way to like surgically take one line and make it out of context of the rest of it but it still makes sense because it was done deliberately anyway 
So then he's like, look, DMX is so vivid, though. He's knocking on people's doors. They're like, oh, he ain't there. But the house is packed. He knows that the guy gets high and he's not judging him. But, yo, if you're getting high, I better not fuck with his situation. And how the dude's always running off. And it's kind of like, but now because you're fucking around with me, I got to kick your ass and shit. So in this first verse, while he's telling us this story, that's whether or not it's fictional is not really the point. It's more like in this environment, he's forced to deal with these fiends and these shifty characters who are interfering with his ability to get there. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, if you mess around with mine, I'm going to fuck you up like most rappers would do. DMX like kind of breaks down in this verse like this this verse is like the deep dive into what most rappers would like throw into maybe two or three kind of cleverly alluding rhymes and I think that's what makes his storytelling fantastic he didn't actually say if you fuck with me so much I'll kick your ass he's more telling a story of this guy who fucked with him so he had to kick his ass yeah and that's different he doesn't want to do it but if somebody fucks with him he's you know he's he's got to do what he's got to do it's the rule of the street and so right away I feel like you get this difference with a guy like Earl like the guys who understand it's almost like he's lived through a lot of these experiences and gone through enough shit, yep. you know, in his life where when he paints this picture, he can look back on any kind of either his story or somebody else's things he's seen and be like, this is what actually happens and paints it out with this point where it doesn't matter who you are. You can really understand. But most people will probably just stop at the surface level of the story and not realize it's a metaphor for good behavior. So he's saying, don't be shifty like that or you're going to get your ass kicked because it's okay to do your things. But how, like, it's basically, he says in that verse, you can get as high as you want as long as it doesn't fuck with other people's shit. That's actually a level of tolerance that's pretty fucking cool. And I mean, you're not going to look for that in a DMX verse, but if you do, you'll probably find it because the real ones have empathy and understanding and aren't there to cast judgment and doubt on others. Um, anyway second verse is again another descriptive story this one has him like and he's like he's gonna rob the liquor store but it's like me and two others is about to run up in there and shut it down i've got four people on the inside one stays in the back two stock boy one at the register he's kind of stacks okay this is what you can almost just picture him imagining like i can picture him like in the parking lot of a liquor store as he's writing this going how would i rob this and just like imagining the whole situation and putting it down on paper and then you know basically uh i don't remember exactly what happens but situation goes afoul they don't get anything and it's not a good situation but instead he gets out with his life and the fact that he can just take that appreciation because you know somebody couldn't control their gun right and then he shoots back and he escapes with his life and the fact that he can show that level of appreciation like yo this is a win like not, not a lot of people would, would find the win in try a botched a blast robbery but dmx in all of that tells you this vivid story and something i've been saying a lot lately about the real ones is the fake ones always win the real ones are open about how they lose and through those losses move on and blah 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 so the fact that the first track we're getting on this album honestly is just situations where maybe dmx is not winning bad things are happening and situations have to get dealt with and it's almost like the imperfect stress that comes with his life regardless what what fuels it all is but also clearly demonstrates like how like he's he's 
involved in like this sort of gangster activity or whatever but he's you know he doesn't want to do it but if somebody screws him over then he has to do it and like it's the rules but it's also the fact that like he's not always winning mm-hmm. i mean literally there's nobody in history that oh even napoleon got exiled twice and because people think that he's like maybe like he's a nice guy or whatever and he's you know whatever and like i think that's why he's had to like develop like such like a a dark and angry persona because maybe people did like mistake him for well, like somebody that they could kind of walk all over. I think it's like we, we have a good idea of the environment he grew up in and the situation from yeah. the last two albums. Well, and I he, think... he would like, you know, he would leave his house to like escape like the abuse of like his parents and stuff like that and like would wander the streets. But at this so... point, he's bound to have ran into a lot of people in the more mainstream. And I can only imagine. Look, look, all I'm saying is that there are, the fake ones are always winning. That's what I'm trying to say. If nobody ever talks True. about their lot, even even like if all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah, that guy doesn't always win. Um, <laughs> his last album was not a win. But, but like my point is more when you see somebody who's open about the hardships of their life. To me, that's a telling sign. And like when it's all, not when it's like scripted, but like. DMX doesn't come off when sounding. It does. He doesn't come off sounding like the hero in these stories. It sounds like this is kind of a crazy story. And fuck, at least I got out alive. And yeah. that's like the whole end of it. And like when you look at it after and you compare it to a lot of let's say stories that you'll hear from other people, I mean by by comparison to maybe some of the crazy shit the Wu would say. And don't get me wrong, I love the Wu stories where they have these illustrious shootouts where everybody's fucking killing cops and shit. And like, yeah. they're really fun to listen to and they, it does everything. But I can see how I believe that DMX committed that robbery more than I think Ghostface shoots a cop. You know, like, because I'm, I'm not trying to say that he wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming now he wouldn't. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like the way... These sound like real stories. Whereas some of the other ones sound like great fiction well-created fiction amazing I someone storytelling. that robbed a bank once that's cool but, but like it was a small town so everybody was like he did it but, um, <laughs> anyway then we have the third verse which is really cool is it shows that kind of redemption angle to it where he craves to like get better and it's just beautiful shit like we all got to go but who wants to be forgotten i'm gonna leave a mark and it won't be the mark of the devil throw dirt and may your hands burn with the touch you shovel the level of animosity is stopping me from thriving fuck them is talking about i'm surviving alive and going through it but i made my bed so now it's in these flames that i lay my head so he understands that he has made a lot of mistakes and done a lot of shit and he's accountable for them and he's willing to own the consequences of his actions while simultaneously going out there pursuing the adversary of everyone that's trying to hold him down facing constant bad things while on a mission to leave his mark in history in a significant way this is the most human fucking person you yep. know it's so amazing to see how he took it the way he ended it i mean like i said swiss beats created a banger the hook is the earworm it gets stuck in your head bonnie bonnie's gonna be singing it i'm certain of it <laughs> uh it's epic storytelling to me like you really feel like he's sitting there next to you like yo bro check out this shit that happened like when you listen to joey diaz or one of these youtube comics telling stories of the glory days um anyway it's a 4.5 on 5 for me it's fucking incredible yeah um anyway then uh, did you give your grade yeah same 4.5 all right so the Let's next check track, out it, the professional that's the one 
this is a good song because like i can just picture how people of all social classes and everything are sitting in their cars while this song comes on and you're just like well who are all these like people of different social classes that are just sitting there listening to dmx he was that big he was number one right did this not his third consecutive number one i just like imagining like all all i'm gonna say is that demographically speaking it takes people of all social classes to get your album to make it number one oh this this definitely we'll get into that later but like he definitely appealed to white girls i'll tell you that much so i could see how a bunch of white girls is sitting in the car won't creep these streets with me because you know fucking what these streets will be and yeah, then my, true make story. you wanna then i'm gonna because i gotta pop 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 pop, pop, pop. And you know the, and you know everybody does that gun <laughs> shit in their cars and you know i'm not one to say the word but i'm I've seen a few people say the word when listening to shit like this while they in their car feeling a certain way. And as far as hitting on that vibe, because the thing is simultaneously, I bet the streets version, the ones who actually lived that shit, are probably getting the same feeling. And so the fact that DMX was able to simultaneously make everybody feel a little hard and gangster at the same time is truly remarkable. Because usually you hit one side or the other and you're not really good at hitting both sides of that fence, you know? That, anyway, it's a great hook again. Yep. I remember listening to it like I was. I'm sure Bonnie was in like she was reading a book, and I was sitting there going pop 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 pop. I just could <laughs> every time it happened. I just could. I was just like pop pop. I, none of the other words, but you can't not do it. I think I just black, like zoned you out. I mean, I'm pretty. I, I do this shit a lot. I zone him out a lot. Um, and then it's just the way he's. It's just the way he's describing again his storytelling. Where if you're not necessarily one who has listened to a lot of this kind of music in your life, I honestly feel like this is a cool one to show people because it's not like over the top where you have a lot of references you need to understand. I mean, I I look through the 11th floor window and I take one last puff of the Indo, look through the scope and let like 10 go. I mean, how hard is that to get? So he's got a sniper rifle or whatever, Mm -hmm. looking through. This is stuff I do on the daily. And then break it down back into briefcase, wipe the sweat off my face so I can leave safe. And I think the devil's in the details for this type of shit. For like what I'm trying to like figure out who makes me believe that they're really good at this. It's the fact that, you know, you have to have been in a moment like that to know that you need to also worry about the sweat on your face so that you don't look too suspicious as you leave it. You know, that little situation. Everyone would have rapped about putting the gun back right. in. But how many people are going to admit of the anxiety and the sweat nervousness of being the killer well, I in don't, that situation? I think that being a criminal, I don't think that necessarily means that you are immune to getting butterflies in your stomach, you know? Like, obviously, you're still going to get, like, nerves and, like, stress and, like, it's like, you know... And, like, the reality, like, afterwards that, like, hit, that must hit, like, criminals, like, or they're just suppressing it, like, crazy, is the fact that they, you know, killed someone or, you know, whatever else, that they raped someone. Like, the realities of that kind of thing, like, it must be, like, bad if they're, like, not psychopaths. Man, and then it's just the way he rhymes, uh, wipe the sweat off my face so I can leave safe. Outside, I breathe safe. Like, it's not a lazy use of rhyming safe and safe. It's actually, like, pointing out, it's like... I have to get out of this situation and then it's like he sets up the state of where he's going and then when he finally achieves it he can breathe safe this is okay so that whole point it's like he can't be sweating and he's asthmatic he's he's very asthmatic so the whole breathing thing is very vital to him Um, and then he points out people don't see it coming 
you know, smart people are getting killed all over just because people are making a deal. I believe he's like, you know, I'm going to kill you, get rid of all your clothes, and I, 20 G's a fee. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just keep killing people because that's a lot of fucking money. And then the only excuse I have for what I do is love of abuse. And that's like the type of shit where like... He needs some therapy, man. You're in some fucked up places, and so you can go out there and kill people because the world fucked you up so bad that you love inflicting that kind of abuse on other people. Well, it's because, like I said, you know, we've touched on it. I think I'm sure we've touched on it before. Was the fact that he was he was abused as a child. I don't know if he was necessarily sexually abused, but he was certainly beaten and um, like not treated well by his mother and um, her boyfriends. I think, and I don't necessarily know. I think the father fled so he's got like a lot of like abandonment issues and not being you know being beaten as a kid like is not fun and doesn't make you necessarily understand like that's why he escaped and went onto the streets and then he became friends with dogs on the streets and like that's kind of how this whole thing started and um so he obviously like went through a lot of abuse and it's what he kind of reflects on you know in his like actions but he tries so hard to be like a good christian person and then yeah i mean the 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 chorus kicks in after that and he's established like he's like he's playing the role of a hitman here right Mm -hmm. so he goes in on the next verse all the different ways he can get you you know i can catch you in the very building that you live and wait so they're at the right door and then start spitting now they got the ribbon tied to the rail at the top of the steps i was there you ain't die at the top of the steps whoo Oh shit, you know, like yeah. the fact that it's almost like he faked the, the way the death happened and moved you over there and then just kind of lets you know, oh, I know, I know what happened. I was there, motherfucker. This <laughs> isn't even the truth. And I think, again, it's lines like that where it's like, whoa, I, we've reviewed a lot of albums. Not a lot of people use wit like that. I mean, yeah, there's a bunch who use wit like who use wit. <laughs> But I, the way DMX brings it to the table, I find special and unique. And yeah. it stands out. Like, that kind of, like, grimness. I mean, yes, others can do it. And, in fact, please tell us in the comments who else you think is that cool. And I know other people are cool like that. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying of all of the reviews we've done, very few are coming at it quite like that. You know, where, again, it almost feels like a horror movie in yeah. the way he's painting it because it's not, like, Well, it makes out. me think of, like, horrorcore, like, that kind of, like... Like, it doesn't feel like an action movie. It feels like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, walk behind you, follow you at home. Last thing you saw was the chrome and a flash of light. You know, just little shit like that. Like, you're getting a little creeped out. It's going to jump up like a jack and box and kill you. But it was the third verse. Oof. I could be the UPS, UPS delivery boy or the man working at Toys R Us handling, handing your kid a brand new toy. Oof, eh? I yeah. could be the one serving your food wherever you go to eat at or that on the corner you ask, yo, where do we at? And then I could be the one driving the school bus that your kid's in, except that I don't like to involve women and children. And again, it's like that little like subtext there that like a lot of people don't do. It's like DMX has thought about this long enough to be like, no, I don't enjoy this side of the job. 
but I've done it. You know, there's that little like thing there where it's like he's yeah. willing to cross that line. And it's just creepy. It's just like not only is he telling you that he's coming to like he's like this serial killer, uh, not serial killer, a hitman coming to get you when it's there. It's like he's got feelings. He puts them aside when it's time for me to do the job. He just rides. I don't get much sleep. My soul's tormented. I wish it was alive, but everything I said, I meant it. I know I'm doing wrong, and every day I beg the Lord to forgive me for fucking with the double-edged sword. But that's my life, he screams out. And you're just lost with the game, that sense of, I know what I'm doing is wrong. And in fact, I'm aware of how painful the emotions are to the point where it tortures me, and I can barely be a functional person due to my insanity. But this is what I do. Yeah. And I, this is my job. This is my role in life. And it's a fucked up role in life. And I hope God forgives me when it's all done. And you're just like, wow. So first of all, he scares the shit out of you. Because unlike other people who are telling you about how Grafford are going to kill you. DMX is telling you how he could just appear out of nowhere. Be these realistic things you interact with in your life. Who everyone does. I mean, I pass by Toys R Us all the time. This is one mm-hmm. in Montreal, Canada. It still exists here. I think it closed in the States. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, also, too, like the things that he's talking about are all um, like what are they called like uh like basic jobs like they're all like you know he's just like or he's on like the street corner or he's like just like working at a store like he's not necessarily doing like things that are like he's like hitting on just like the everybody kind of like such easy shit to impersonate to a point where you know what i could be like how easy is it to get a job at like ups like how easy is it you know to get a job at like these types of places where you know maybe in in 1999 You know, yeah. just get like a, a, a knockoff of it. He's probably like, if you really are in that world, you probably got yeah. like a lot of really good disguises. Like there was that lady that like they found out like she was lying about being a nurse for like 20 years. <laughs> like that just like recently happened. There was a story. Uh, and you're just like, what? <laughs> but then it was just the part where he's so honest about the consequence of it, because a lot of people will talk about a life. But not everyone is open to the fact that they're weak enough to feel the consequences of that life because that's humanity, and I love that about DMX. So let me tell you something. This is a five because it's a great song. Hmm. I love it. I mean, the beat's beautiful too, and it just creates like this context of like sentiment. Like it pulls on your heartstrings. Like he, and he the whole way through, it's like you know he's like, I don't want to be doing this. I just got to be doing this. And that's the way he delivers it. Like, there's this heavy weight in it. And I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. I mean, this one sounds, like, very creepy, like, right from the very beginning. Um, like, he's coming to, like, get you. Um, like, he's going to attack. And he knows, like, how to, like, commit crimes and murders and stuff if he needs to. Um, and in a way where he won't get caught, like you were saying. Like, it's, you know, he's very specific. Um, and, like, all of the different ways he's going to kill you. And, like, again, like, very, like, detailed um like like things that he may have like already like thought about very clearly um and like you never know like where he's going to be like you were saying like he's always going to be like somewhere and you know he's inconspicuous and he just wants to be like another guy another face but like isn't necessarily somebody you can recognize um like he you know and that's kind of i guess like how people get away with crimes and things like that um and like you said as well, like he doesn't want to like involve like women and children. Um, so I mean, I guess there's that sort of like honorable and respectful, like what a gentleman. Um, but <laughs> but I guess whatever. Um, and he asks for forgiveness from God, and so like he definitely has like that like 
um, closeness and attachment to like Christianity, and I think that he grew up um, Jehovah Witness. And I don't know if that's necessarily like the same faith that he's still involved with today, but he is still de definitely um, involved in religion and in Christianity. Um, and I think he was, you know, even a minister or he was like trying to be ordained or I don't know if ordains the right thing for like a minister. But um, yeah, he was trying to like get all that. Um, and like, you know, he he's asking for God for forgiveness, even though he knows that he's going to hell for like the sins that he's committed and for like the bad things that he does. And he, you know, he he's got to keep killing and he's going to keep on doing these terrible things. But like. It's not like who he feels like he is on the inside. So there's like that definitely the, the, the struggle. And like this is his life. Um, so I gave this a 4.25. I thought it was good. And the next thing we're going to talk about is something that would be fun to have one day maybe. Probably Same. complicated, but fun to have. As Bonnie said. I'm going to live forever. Fame. <laughs> All right. So there's a particular theory I would like to run by you that I, I noticed. Okay. Just showcasing the brilliance of a guy like Mr. X. So in the middle of the second verse, I believe, he goes, uh, people don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. What I just say? And then the Damien voice kicks in. People don't hear you. See that? You guys to feel me to catch what I'm saying. Believe that. And so what I think he's doing there, because he's pointing out how, like, with money and shit, people were kind of like, you know, in the he, he, this song is approaching fame and, you know, the transitions to getting to that. And, mm -hmm. you know, in verse two, we get the age old. Um, back then, uh, now that I'm hot, all the people want me for what I have. There's thirst. It's not like real connections with people. So when he uses that Damien voice, I believe what he's pointing out is that on top of that, he sees all this shit, but then the devil is feeding him this kind of anxious nonsense so that he further listens into the Damien, because we've already explored on the other two albums how yep. that dynamic actually works. Yep. So the fact is, people aren't paying attention or feeling him in a certain way, and then Damien shows up. And then he goes, see that? You gots to feel me to catch what I'm saying. Believe that. So you have to have known it to know, you know? Like, you just put a little Easter egg in there. Yeah. Believe that alone. We go and make a, want be at your home. Or you kind of quiet with that heat at your dome. And, you know, classic DMX getting mad, ready to lash out at people. But I think that's what he's doing here. He's really hurt almost by the fact that he's surrounded by so many people who just want to hurt him, like, I'm the with the high score you try for what you want to lie for it changes nothing I'm true for cats you strangers bluffing so he's frustrated with the dishonesty and shit that he sees in his entire world you know and then I don't know what do you feel about this track um well I like it um it starts off with like him barking and it's you know it's so unique and you know I love it um and basically he says um you know he goes into it and he starts kind of saying that like everybody has to find what they're good at and um, i thought that was like kind of like unique um like he's trying to be like a good person and um he's trying to be kinder now and be like less of a criminal and he's trying to behave um and he's you know he wants to to go on and live forever and so he he's definitely concerned about his legacy um and what he's leaving behind um and exactly like i you know i also mentioned it as well that da damien makes an appearance on this song um you know kind of 
you know, and reminds us that you have to listen carefully because he's still in him and he can still find a way to kind of like make an appearance. Um, you know, that there's still like the devil um, on the inside, even though he's trying so hard to be good. Um, and he reminds us that you have to listen to him carefully. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. And um, and that he's also able to like leave behind again about his like legacy. Um, you know, even though it's like it kind of sounds very hard, it's something that's like so pure and loving, like in like his like message. Um, and he wants people to remember him and hopes that he can leave like a good message um, and make like a difference in some way. Like he's trying to, you know, which is you know pretty much what most people want i think you know they want to leave behind the uh, leave the world a better place right you know essentially that's all you want um and he's going to do what he feels is right and like what's true to him until he dies like he's always going to stick with his gut um and he only fears that like because of that and because of like there's still like evil in him that he he may not get to heaven and um unfortunately fame and money and things like that well he definitely says not money um later on i think but definitely fame like influences some of um of, the, of his changes and so i thought it was a very good song i give it a 4.4 on 5 it's very honest and very um you know it still sounds very badass and he's just kind of talking about how his life has changed i mean i really enjoyed this one and i was thinking about it as i was listening to it because keep in mind my personality is a little out there i'm clearly <laughs> on the more ambitious side i want to be remembered i mean based on just if you look into anything i do you don't i don't think people could forget me well, it's more like, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm building up my own legacy through my own way. And I really do want to be remembered for the rest of my life. And then I wonder how much of that comes from being young and hearing shit like DMX go, live your life, stay on the line, but I go. Went from doing crime to being kind, because I know. And I love how his choice is to be kind and not nice. Yeah. I have a vendetta against the word yes. nice because people define themselves as nice a lot these days, but nobody wants to be kind. And really, we should all be trying to be kind. So thank you, DMX, for using the right language. Mm -hmm. But now hook, which is again an earworm. It's such a good hook. Uh, I'm going to live forever. I'm never going to die. Only thing I fear is I'm never going to fly. Carry my weight, but I'm never going to cry. Shit, I tell y'all straight because I'm never going to lie. So let's dissect that because, again, super basic language. But let's yep. look at the philosophical principles he brings to the table. If he can cement his legacy in such a way, he'll live forever and he's never going to die. I feel him, man. I mean, let's say YouTube does last forever in a small way to at least whoever's seen me on here. I have managed to find a way to immortalize myself to an insignificant number of people for most people <laughs> to count to. But at the same time, we've been doing this. We've like, still like sent this into the void, and here we are forever. Like maybe in the digital realm, in the future will come across this and be like, "Wow, this is some fresh shit." Thanks, guys. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks, maybe dead people maybe, from like a million years ago. And then maybe to the detriment of the people watching this video, they go, holy fuck, anthropologists are going to find these motherfuckers. That's why <laughs> y'all should make your long ass reviews too. And we can start a whole genre of long ass reviews and take over against the reaction channels. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it takes a lot of time to make these, so people don't want to yeah. do it. But uh, only thing I fear is I'm never going to fly. From a business perspective, and you look at all the self-help for business books and shit, really it. You're going to be successful. You got to take risks. You got to do shit. You can't be held back by your fear of stuff. You can't procrastinate for the future. So the only thing you should fear is that you're never going to fly, and then you have to make it yourself fly. Carry my weight, but I'm never going to cry. Do what I got to do and don't complain. Holy shit, am I bad at the not complaining? But it's like a key fundamental mm. part of management and success and leadership is to not be a complainer. Whether it's a military general or a corporate executive or a guy selling crack, it seems that everybody says you're not supposed to complain, which is fantastic advice for life that I'm slowly learning how to integrate into my existence. <laughs> and then be honest is the last line of this course. These core tenets, the simplicity of it, it really is almost common sense because he makes it sound so common and everybody can understand it. So thank you, Earl, for making good wisdom something that's accessible for people. Because I know for myself, at least, DMX and particularly a few songs or a few lyrics on this album, like they influenced me as a person in terms of some of the way I live my life now is, is honestly, I think, like, how would DMX handle this shit? DMX is pretty real. How would he handle it? I know it sounds kind of corny, but it's actually, like, true. Like, when I have to make decisions, like... I don't know, in life or whatnot, when to sell out, how to present yourself and shit. Like, I think about stuff. Like, I don't wear name brands mostly because of a lyric on this very album. <laughs> like, that's a decision I made because of DMX. <laughs> anyway, this is different. This is a person I know in real life and I'm showing love. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. This song's fucking fantastic. And then you got the third verse. Now, if I take what he gave me and I use it right, in other words, if I listen and use the light, then what I say will remain here after I'm gone. Still here, use the strength of a song. I live on. So I believe in God, and I have the same understanding of Christianity he does, where you can be a vessel of God if you open your mind up to the light. Like, who am I to say that, like, it's my decision? It's not. It's arrogant of me to assume God will use me in such a way, but maybe if I allowed God to use me in such a way, he would, and elevate me, because when you're speaking the truth and the right the, of the, the real shit, it gets elevated against other people. You don't get to choose when that happens, but a, a, a big part of the New Testament describes how you can't, everyone is a potential vehicle for God's word. And if you're living righteously and humbly and making it about God, which a way to translate it for the secular folk out there is to make your movement bigger than yourself. It's just good leadership principles. It's just good. Literally, I'm reading Robert Greene's 33 Strategies of War, and he's saying if you want to motivate your army, give them a bigger purpose than yourself to unite behind. And you're seeing DMX give you that sense of it. Like he well, has it's the same reason why people go to war, you know, to, to defend their country. It's, it's bigger than them. It's for the whole, you know. It's it's something that isn't tangible but it's still um, important and, and they can understand what that means and then he kind of follows that up going no second guessing on what I stood for I was good for stop people from killing each other in the hood war come through and through showing love throwing up them cats not throwing love you know what's up mm -hmm. dark man baby that's my name and I got to be so his mission is to again create this better situation using the power of his his tool his voice and it's like he's so self-aware that unlike everyone else Earl knows he's a role model He's one of the only guys I've seen in hip-hop who's like, I'm a role model and I'm proud of that shit. I believe Jay-Z is another one who understood his mm -hmm. role in that regard. But I really think DMX 
almost wanted to be that martyrous role model. And I've always lived my life wanting to be a martyred role model. <laughs> it's a twisted thing, but like I fucked up a lot when I was younger. And I used to read those because there was like this series of Christian books, stuff like the cross and the switchblade and shit like that, where the guy would have all the fun, do all the bad shit, find Jesus, save his soul. I'm young me rationalized that that's a cool way to go out, you know, go have a lot of fun, find God and reform when you're older. That's how young <laughs> me rationalized a lot of these stories, whether or not that's good or bad. That's the truth of it. Well, and so here whatever, DM- whatever gets you there, right? So here at DMX, it's like the embodiment of that shit is a man. He's really a guy who fucked up a lot and then has God in his life and tries to get better through God. And he embodies almost a lot of what Christianity represents. It's supposed to be people like Earl. That's humanity. In a sense, we're all a bunch of fuck-ups trying to get better. Most of us aren't quite as out there as DMX in terms of being well-known and as much media attention and and interesting stories attached to us. Like There was apparently a point where DMX, around when this album dropped, would just turn down $2 million shows because he didn't feel like going. Mm -hmm. He would just be like, hit a certain substance and be like, I don't feel like doing it. Two million, whatever. I'll just make it next week. Mm. That's how hot he was at one point. Anyway, this song is fantastic, as you can imagine. It does a lot from the emotional moving. And then we forgot to mention that the beat's very upbeat. And the whole pacing of this song is this fast-paced, kind of jagged, like, different than what we've heard flow. And when DMS goes on that fast shit, it's just fucking fire. Like, this is that kind of... Like, you can mosh to this. It makes sense that DMX ended up doing the fucking, um, uh, what's that, Woodstock 99. Because you really can't. Like, you can throw down property to this. Five on five. Amazing fucking song. Yeah. With a lot to look at in it, as we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And couldn't recommend it enough. Cool. Well, have you got a lot to learn? Yes. Always. Skit. <laughs> so, as a kid, and he wants to hit DMX's, he's like, obviously smoking some marijuana yeah kid shows up can i hit that he goes yeah he goes yo i want to make some money dmx is like worry about loyalty money will come be loyal kid's like fuck that i want to get my money now more bubble me and then dmx gets disappointed give me my shit back and he gets rid of him he wants his i think his blunt back he says yeah so he's very clear about what what's happening and basically uh he's very frustrated with this kid's unwillingness to listen to the wisdom he has to put out there Mm -hmm. and the fact that a kid like that is only out for himself is gonna have some problems and it's an interesting idea put your teamwork first and if you look at the state of the game today it really is a lot of kids out there who aren't about team who are putting themselves first and it's all about this acquisition of wealth but it's the people who really build teams and put other people on that end up having cemented legacies so I thought it was, again, very instructional wisdom from Earl. Very good. And just hearing his disappointment. I don't ever want DMX to be disappointed <laughs> with me like that. So I gave it a four because it's honestly not that interesting to listen to while being interesting to think about. But gosh, I don't like the, the skits on the DMX albums from this era, personally. Mm. Well, luckily, it's only 40 seconds. So you don't have to listen to it for too long. But um, yeah, I mean, I also gave it a four on five. I thought it was fine. Um, it's basically like, what you said um the guy needs to the the kid needs to learn um 
you know, that it's not just about like going and getting money and, uh, you know, you need people to, to back you up that are willing to to kill and die for you. Um, and that's why you need loyalty. Like, that's why you need to have like this bond, you know, but, you know, I, I guess like a bond of brother, band of brothers essentially is kind of what a gang is. People who are going to have your back. Yeah, they might kill you you know in in the game but you know it's for the long time you know you're your brothers essentially for the most part um i assume uh, i'm not in any gang but um <laughs> or am i um and, <laughs> and <laughs> um yeah and so i mean it's fine i give it a four on five all right but it does a really good job as an introduction to the next song so mm-hmm. bonus points for separating them so we could skip this skit because here we go again yeah it was very important that mr earl gave us a very slow song so that we could see that he can be deep and sentimental from a very different perspective of empathy towards the youth again i'm not being sarcastic i'm fucking him if anything i'm a little bit of a stanford dmx at this point um just the way it comes in with that intro same old shit uh, just a different day you know yep. how dude when we play we play but it is not a fucking game yeah okay uh, there is a part of me that every time dmx goes it is not a fucking game instantly i go fuck what you heard it's what you hear and listen it's what you hear and listen x go give it to you <laughs> every time i have that play a little bit in my head hmm. still because that song is yeah, also yeah. a banger and everybody liked it and that was back when action movies were hot shit and everybody was watching them i'm not really into action movies anymore fast and furious but then a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do if it's fuck me then you know it's fuck you i find it interesting that like you know there's certain people out there who aspire to be mature men and adults and growing up so yes he used the word man i will use the word man i mean i know maybe it's not the most progressive thing for the people out there with the genders and stuff people but still have penises also bet a very small percentage of my audience is not a man i in fact 99 percent of you are men so y'all get what i mean like you know that responsibility and that ethic that comes from being a responsible person like when you want to fuck around on a sunday but instead you record the dmx review because a man's got to do what a man's got to do and I'll sometimes a woman yeah women too honestly <laughs> sometimes you want to you want to fuck around you don't want to do it but then you do it and it's fucking worth it yeah and i'm like here we go again um but how do you feel about this song um so yes he just makes it clear right away that it is not a fucking game he's like uh he definitely makes sure that um he reminds you over and over and over that this is not a game um but especially i think it is relevant to the last one where he's kind of talking to the kid where he's like you need to learn um and i think you know it's kind of about him um, and he tries to be friends with this guy and, you know, like kind of like his mentor. That's just something that he like loves being. And I think that's kind of like, um, again, like why he feels like he was called to like lead the church and like lead, lead and, you know, be like a minister or whatever, because I think he, he is like a good mentor and he likes that role. Um, and you know he so he tries to teach this guy about like life on the streets and like how to survive and like the different things you need to do and like all of the rules of like the gang and stuff like that um but he's bringing x down and um he has to like cut him off and so instead of killing him he basically turns his back on him um but this is his life and he's got to do it and this is you know 
it's it's not always easy, but it's, you know, he's got to make these moves. Um, and it kind of sends him on the way, but he still thinks about him. Um, and he tries to be, like, a good person, even if it goes against, like, the rules and, try and tries to give him, like, a second chance um, and trust him and just kind of give him, like, the benefit of the doubt necessarily. Um, but this guy betrays him. And um, he, he kind of, you know, he feels like kind of like a fool, kind of like, you know, shame on me or fool me once shame, or whatever, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you or whatever the hell. I think I did it opposite, but whatever. Um so yeah, he's kind of like, well, I shouldn't have even given you another chance, and he basically kills him. And this is just like another day in his life, and this is normal to him, and like, you know, don't fucking waste his time, and whatever. So that's kind of what he's saying, like, you know, I gave you a chance, I, I let you into my circle, I tried to mentor you, I tried to, you know, guide you, and you know, you didn't listen to me, and this is what you get. And then you backstab me, or whatever. So like, this is, you know, kind of, and I mean, honestly, I think this is like the rules for everybody like if somebody screws you over like you're not just going to be like their best friend again like you know you're going to be like well what the fuck like and you, you might cut them off and you know obviously there's people who are better than than that and you know and are much more like able to forgive people but um you know there are a lot of you know times where you just cut people off because of like their behavior or whatever um so and it also has a nice beat. So uh, good stuff overall. I gave it a four point four on five. I really love this song because again, it does that thing where it takes like a complicated subject matter of say the story of how maybe your protege betrays you and how it feels, and he's telling it from that perspective. But really, it's the consequence of fucking with me. Mm-hmm. This is another "If you fuck with me, I'll kill you" song. But somehow you're hearing a fresh and unique perspective and nuance to the conversation that is just honestly heartbreaking in a sense. Like I kick it to Shorty to try to help him understand, hit him at work. Cause yo, that's my little man. He asked a few questions about the game and I told him, so when he made a bad move, it was my place to scold him. And like you said, like he's like a mentor. He sounds fatherly. Like he's almost proud of how he's teaching him and he's, and he's yeah. going through it. And everyone's allowed to make mistakes and a mistake is I. Right, but if it ain't, I'm going to tell you straight time to say goodnight. Nobody likes to play regardless of the relationship, but Shorty's fucking up big time. I hate this shit. And like he has like this, like he's just trying to tell you this story of, of how this kid hurt him and he's frustrated and he's trying to be patient with it. But then the realization of how there's this this mix, he has love for this kid that he's invested time in this person. But the rules of the game say cut that motherfucker out cuz. And you know what, that's not that different to business. Yeah. If like you have an employee who steals from your cash, what do you do? You might love that person, but what are you supposed to do? The rules of the game tell you to fire that motherfucker, but the rules of your heart might be different. So DMX did what he could. Instead of killing him like he's supposed to, like a real one would do, he turned his back on him and, and like pushed him out. And then I believe he elaborates on that a little bit more in the second verse because, you know, people wanted him dead. People weren't happy with this, but he's like, look, I understand his people. I'm going to let him live. Under normal circumstances, he'd be a marked man, but I hit him with, like, whatever. I hit him with a grand. I just didn't shake his hand. Go about your business. We're parting ways. You go do you. I'll do me. I mean, I, I and I love lines. Like, I can forgive, but I just can't forget. And a lyric like that is something that 
if you were to look at the state of Facebook and interpersonal relationships, a lot of people don't understand that. It's like an apology or whatever. Oh, you're supposed to just forget some shit. Like, I mean, the truth of a situation is forgiveness does not mean everything's okay after and that they're going to forget about a situation. Yeah. Forgiveness means I no longer harbor hatred for you in my heart. But let's say you cross me. I may forgive you because that's the kind of person I want to be, but I'll never trust you again. Mm -hmm. I'll never want to be around you again. Forgiveness is not just acceptance, a free pass into a life. And so the fact that DMX is just putting that kind of shit out there is dope, you know? You're on your own, little man. Don't ask me for shit. If you paid attention to what I taught you, then you're good. If I see you again, get it. Understood? And he's saying, like, listen, I gave you the tools you need to survive. I even believe in you and shit. Yep. What am I? Then the way this verse ends, uh, uh, but I also knew the decision I just made went against the rules of the game that we played. And he, the fact is, he broke a rule of how it's supposed to work out of yeah. the compassion for his heart because that is the kind of person he is. He's just a and good guy. What do you get in verse 3? The consequence. The guy starts to play with the competition. He puts a one bullet into a gun, click, 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 fucks around with him a little bit, and then puts the bullet in him. What you did was stupid. Real fucking stupid. Well, shorty, I gave you a chance, and what did you do? You threw it back in my face, so fuck you too, bang, and he kills him. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, this is what you have to do. You have to own the consequence of your mistake. So DMX was trying to dodge the situation where he had to kill him. But in the end of the day, because he's an accountable person, he did what he ended up had to do. Like, it, he tried. He did everything he could to delay the situation. But when somebody's like that, understand a snake is a snake like there's yep. just a lot of extra lessons in the way that like it's clear that dmx loves parables like he loves jesus's story-based parables and he wants to use that shit in the way that he's going to express his ideas and i think a lot more people should take that into consideration the, hmm. the depth and detail in his story really expresses ideas and i was i was actually thinking in the way idea does but like the rapper idea yeah. has these story driven complex things now all makes sense idea the rappers like philosophies up here in obscurity and like you really gotta be up there but dmx takes this brevity driven emotion backed version of that uh, they're on the same spectrum just on very different ends and both really necessary to complement each other so Man, this song is powerful. I mean, when he gets to the end and he realizes he's got to kill him and shit, and you're just like, damn, man. And so it's a sad song. It's real shit. It's a five on five again. Because how could you not get, like, it's just every rap, everything about the way he raps it is perfectly placed. The power, I don't know. It just sounds like it really happened. <laughs> anyway. The next song, I guess, is not quite as um, dismal in subject. Well, it kind of is. Party Up. <laughs> this is my absolute go-to at karaoke mm -hmm. if I need to impress a bunch of people real quick. And no matter my state of inebriation, mm, mine's Gangster's Paradise. I can absolutely kill this song regardless. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. Can, can we just, before we get to the song... Uh, I don't even know how to go through this one. There's a lot of mixed feelings here. First of all, Swizz Beats <laughs> DMX collaboration obvious banger but this song is special so special because i don't think a lot of people really listen to the words of this song like i really don't think a lot of people no i'm certain a lot of the rap side listen to it but a lot of the other people that made this song a number one hit who were playing it in all the parties like let me put it to you i don't know that i've gone to a party in my life that didn't play this song i'm talking work events okay. play this song 
I'm talking weddings play this song. People got mad at me for saying the new Slick Rick song sounded like weddings, but DMX's Party Up is old enough to now be a wedding song too. So I've heard it at every wedding I've been to, every barbecue type thing it comes up at. It's like this song that both the old, the young, and my parents on well, the super kind of old. Beat. Everybody loves it. Plus, who can't sing how to... Everybody knows the chorus. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up, up in here, up in here. Everybody can do it. It's super fun and it's fucking cool. And when, but you nobody really thinks about what he's saying. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I'm gonna go all out. I'm gonna act a fool. Y'all gonna make me lose my cool. Now it sounds like he's gonna go party real hardy. I think he means he's gonna blow your fucking brains out. Yeah. However, the song sounds like party real fucking hardy. So the chorus is real, real fucking clever for kind of hiding the purpose of what this song is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's more like you, you kind of picture like, let's get retarded and high. It's kind of the going out that he's selling on that hook. Yeah. Oh, I know this whole song by heart, like every line. If I got to bring it to you cowards, then it's going to be quick. I, are you men that's been to jail before? Suck my dick. Or, uh, and it's just like wait 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 wait. did he just start this shit off talking about you know he's gonna end it for cowards quick alright all your man's up in the jail before sucked my dick and I wondered if like so he made them their bitch or his bitch right like I've never heard of, I, I didn't know if that was just like braggadocious in the sense of like yeah you guys are being emasculated so metaphorically you suck my dick yeah. Or I was in prison and your guy literally sucked my dick. Because it yeah. could be true here. Or this is just how, he's like saying this is how it is in prison, motherfuckers. And all the mother cats who run like get done with dumb quick. How the fuck you go and cross the dog with some bum shit? I to go to gun click nine one one shit all over some dumb shit. Ain't that some shit? I'm like, oh shit, he's murdering everybody. <laughs> this is some real shit. And it's so well done. I love the flow of this song. Like, I love this song. Like, this is a cool. great one. But when you really listen to the lyrics, you're like, this is the party song? Yep. This? Yep. I bet your, your body's like... And I don't think that, like, even when you do find out what it's about, I think that you don't really care because it's just so good and hype. And you just are like... these They're just words that you're saying, but it's not necessarily, like doesn't necessarily mean anything to you i guess i don't know it's just like the energy and the hypeness is more what you're trying to get i just think it's the most violent song my mom has ever played in love <laughs> like i don't think she really realized that and we all thought all right you're gonna find yourself uh sorry i'm not him i asked them so watch what you do you're gonna find yourself baby next to someone else and we all thought you loved yourself but that couldn't have been the issue or maybe they're just saying that now because they miss you should have tried to diss you that's why you're laying on your back looking at the roof of the church preacher telling the truth and it hurts and it's like oh motherfuckers going to a funeral and all sorts of shit because he dissed earl and earl had him killed and shit and my mom's all like up in here up in here and i'm like do you guys know what the fuck this song's about like i see people uh, i'm talking about all the people who would condemn criminal behavior if they knew put the song on right oh i don't even listen to it it just it just sounds so good to me that's what i'm saying it's like people don't care what it's saying it's just it's the energy and it just sounds good i get it 
but my the second verse is one of my favorite lyric things since I'm a kid. Off the chains I leave, soft in the brain, cause still want the fame off the name, as in they want the cosigns and the features to benefit off of DMX's name. Yeah. Kind of like I do when I do karaoke of him. First of all, you ain't rap long enough to be fucking with me and you. You ain't strong enough. Oh, you have to put your like dues in and put in real effort and time yep. and energy yep. to be good at something to get rec- recognition. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. real shit. And then let's be honest, the, the the way this next part sounds is my favorite lyric in rap music across all the rap musics I've ever heard based on like nostalgias. Maybe there's no good reason for it. It's just my favorite. So whatever it is you puffing on, I got you thinking that you Superman. I got the kryptonite. Should have smack him with my dick in the mic. I can't explain why, but okay. I love that part so much <laughs> because I can honestly picture Earl sitting there going, "I got my dick in one hand, the mic in another. I'm not sure which to smack you with." And you just picture him looking at people coming at him. Whatever, it's fucking good, man. <sighs> You whack, you twisted, your girl's a hoe, you broke the kid ain't yours, and everybody, everybody know. Your man say you stupid, you be like, so. I love my baby mama, I never let her go. And then, that part's fantastic. So basically, now he's pointing out to the guys out there who aren't real men because their women act a certain way, and et cetera, et cetera. He's making fun of them. Mm-hmm. And then, he's tired of weak ass people whining over puss, as in vagina or women, that yeah. don't belong to them. The fuck is wrong with them? They fuck it up for real folk like my mans and them. We get it on with the strength in the hands of them. So what he's trying to say here is, you guys complaining about the game and how you want some girl that's not yours and shit are fucking it up for me and my guys who are trying to have a good time out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So don't fuck it up for everybody on your silly ass principles. Yep. Then uh, third verse, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But what is an up north type mean? Um, I can tell you that. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't even. Mean I, Canadian? No. <laughs> I think it means somebody who's been. Because, I mean, Which based is, off of all of the other songs that we've, like, kind of touched on that included something like this, I think up north is the jail. Oh, so it's saying, like, a fake guy who's fronting like he's been to jail like a soft the really type. bad jails right are like i mean it's not i mean rikers island is pretty terrible but i think like when you are like i think a long-term person i think that's where um orange is the new black is set is like Fair up enough. north and that's where i think a bunch of pe- like people have been and then may i point out just after that one of the more fun and like trickier parts of this track to actually get rhythmically is we done been through the mud and we quicker to slaughter the bigger the order the more guns we brought we brung out we run up into everybody come on don't nobody run out and the way he does that part is got this weird flow to it that i find just super incredible and shit um it ends up with one of the best lyrics in rap music again and this you better one, not say it. you're gonna take my line the ones that i was like saving all right you can do it okay. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna take it from you but this is the greatest sarcastic lyric i'm, I'm sarcastic i hope it's the right one this is the greatest lyric ever which one is it um listen your ass is about to be missing you know who's gonna find you some, some old, old man, man fishing, fishing. Grandma wishing. Your soul is at rest, but it's hard to digest with the size of the soul of the hole in your chest. You almost got I it. I almost got it. it. So I fucked it up, up a little bit. It was bit. so good. Let her know how good it was in the comments. <laughs> I tried. I tried. And then, honestly, you already got the hook, and you already think everything's good, but then no. It just cuts it off. 
Bombs exploding. This is an obvious five. Obviously. It is one of the best beats ever. Yep. It is one of the greatest songs. Yep. And it doesn't make any sense. There is no logic to so this song working. So it's just so good. I what like it We didn't even talk about the video. Then you watch the video. And DMX just wants to get some money out of the bank machine. But he can't get the money because it's out of service. And then as he's going up, he bumps into a guy. And this guy that he bumps into kind of looks like him robbed a bank. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, DMX goes into the bank and starts yelling at the teller who's everyone's lying down and freaking out. But he obviously wants his money. So he goes, if I got to bring it to you, cowards, then it's going to be. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this video? Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't make sense. It's like he's robbing the bank that's just he's been robbed. He's not robbing the bank. He then proceeds to help the guards out. And oh, it's just a mistaken identity. And Earl's just a really good guy. And all this crazy shit. Because they both have this stupid bucket hat. And couldn't they think he's <laughs> the bad guy who robbed the bank? And then DMX goes up to the roof and everything. Calls up his boy who happens to be in a car full of girls. And what is the brilliant move of Earl to escape? Bring half-naked women to come dance on the cops. Well, and everybody has a great time. Earl escapes. And I'm just like, the fuck is going on in this video? <laughs> does it even make sense? It makes as much sense as the song does. And it all works into a beautiful, perfect five. Yeah. I will probably never watch the video again. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to listen to this song again. Yeah. Because let's be real, if I need to impress a karaoke real quick, go to song right here. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a five on five. Um, this is like one of the best songs ever. Um, and I think this is definitely like his most popular song. Um, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is it. Um, it's one of those so songs that's just like fun and timeless and energetic and the lyrics are hard and violent and like I've said like time and time and again the beat is like hype and energetic and it gets you like it's a party song so it's party up so that's what it's all, all about um, and it all just comes together so beautifully like this is like a beautiful rap song <laughs> Uh, like he's not fucking around so you better watch it or you'll um, end up dead and like this is obviously something that he's mentioned um, already on this album um, and like the hook and the chorus is so fun and everybody can sing along and everybody knows it um, I know that like for me like when I stopped and like listened to like this song and like you know I, I really listened to the lyrics um, like I mean I guess probably because I was trying to be cool and trying to learn the songs or some of it um, you know and it's such a hardcore song which again so this is sort of like me being a white girl um, thinking this is such like a hard cool song for me to listen to it makes me feel so badass as I walk down my like beautiful streets in the suburbs um, we do not live in the suburbs no 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 but I just like me like that's probably like what people are doing um, they're driving yeah or that um, and we get like a, a kind of again a, a a different like vocal talents uh, um, of DMX is like on here and like he's kind of doing his, his different like um, like ranges I guess um, and then sort of like the meet me outside made me think of like the catch me outside girl and then like how like 
anyways, it just made me think of her. Um, and clearly, like, this is way before her time. Um, and the end is fun. And I agree with you. Like, the bombs are great. And it's so good. And I gave it a 5 on 5 100%. And I would give it more if I could. Yeah. On that note, before we talk about another amazing track, we're going to call this the end of part one because we're pushing two hours now. I don't know what the exact number is, but we're trying it out, making the, you know, an, I mean, it's still a long-ass video, but at least you'll get two <laughs> long-ass videos instead of one super long-ass video. Yeah. Plus, whatever. Uh, so if we want to hear what you think about anything you heard so far, you excited for part two, let us know. Tell us that in the comments. You made that effort to comment. I'll make the answer to, uh, effort to answer you. Mm -hmm. Feel free to subscribe to the channel for more content, like part two. Uh, feel free to like that video if you did. And uh, special thanks to the patrons is Milky Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Lindell Williams, DJ Black Hurricane. They support what we do. They're fucking dope. They helped us get a new camera. They get to tell us what albums to review. Like next week, it's DJ Black Hurricane's request. And for a dollar a month or more, you can help us grow into something better than what we are today. And that would be make you my best friend. All of you individually would become my best friend. Mm, okay. Um, on that note, we're going to go record part two now. So thank you all for your support in advance. You're the fucking shit, my new best friend. <laughs> Bye, guys.